Welcome to Leadership with Randy. I'm Randy Powell. Without my faith in the Lord, um, I would have given up a long time ago. I mean, <laughs> beyond, you know, uh, losing everything at home and being away from your family and friends, um, just the, the day-to-day challenges that you have with uh, communication. We're zooming down to Bogota, Colombia today to visit with Jason Wilson, founder of the Circle of Friends Club and host of the Victory Circle podcast and Living on Purpose podcast. Jason began his journey with a passion for athletic training and then followed his entrepreneurial and personal dreams to another country. His experiences along the way led to a passion for spiritual life coaching and mental health advocacy, and he's brought all those components of physical, mental, and spiritual wellness together to create Circle of Friends. Let's go hear more from Jason. Good morning. Great to uh, be together and see everyone again and excited to spend time with Jason Wilson, who I really just met recently, I don't know, a month or two ago. I actually heard him on another podcast and he had said some things that were really intriguing to me at the time. And I reached out and we uh, we ended up popping on the phone and having a conversation. And I just was really um amazed at his story and the work he's done and some of the life lessons from his journey and the things he's doing with those life lessons today to help others and just thought the group here would really enjoy hearing about that story jason you've uh, you've had a remarkable life and it continues on yes thank you very much thanks for having me so why don't you uh go back and tell us about um early life, Jason in Atlanta, and then making your way to Brazil and, uh, your, your passion for, uh, uh working with athletes and the things you were uh, chasing and those dreams you were chasing. What took you to Brazil? Actually, I'm here in Colombia. I mean, uh, uh, Colombia, see, <laughs> they're neighbors, you know, whether well, kind yes. of neighbors, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I said Brazil. Cause I know you're in, um, Bogota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Well, but no, you grew up right. in Atlanta, right? <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Atlanta and um, all of my uh, career after school, I was in health and fitness. I was a personal trainer. I met, managed health clubs and um, that was my passion. So um, after graduation from high school and a couple of years of being a personal trainer, I moved out to Texas and uh, I spent about two and a half years in Dallas. And while I was there, I had uh, several spiritual experiences that I had there, uh, which led me on a path um, to being a spiritual life coach and uh, you know all of the other things that I'm doing right now. Uh, but I had several experiences with angels while I was out in Dallas. And um, the first one that I had an encounter with uh, that I can remember, I was in the process of restoring an old car that I had in Atlanta. And um, I was in Dallas for about six months. And every month I sent my dad uh, some cash to restore my car. And um, so I, during that six month period, I was taking the bus to work every morning. And I saw this same lady on the bus uh, every morning. We never had any conversation or anything like that. And um, six months pass. And the last day I take the bus and my car is ready in Atlanta. And I had um, everything ready to fly back from Dallas to Atlanta to pick up the car. So that last morning, I see her on the bus and she turns to me and says, uh, you've been blessed by God, haven't you? And I said, yeah. 
And she said, you're a Christian too, aren't you? And I said, yes. And she said that um, I'm not a fortune teller or anything like that, but uh, you're going to do a tremendous work in this world. And I said, well, thank you very much. And she said, I know that you're searching for a wife as well. And I said, yeah. And she said, uh, you want her to be a Christian because that's what you want. And I said, okay. And I never saw that woman again. Very, very uh, intriguing uh, encounter with that woman. I'll never forget it. And I had several other experiences like that uh, before I moved to Columbia. But the last day uh, I was actually in Texas, I made a decision to move back to Atlanta to help my mother with her diabetes. And at that time, uh, I was looking for a job in Atlanta, and I finally found one at LA Fitness. So I uh, got everything ready to drive back from Dallas to Atlanta. And the night before, I'm over at my cousin's house, and I'm in a dream. I'm laying on the couch in his living room, and he's over on a sofa, on another sofa, watching ESPN. And all of a sudden, I'm in this lucid dream. I don't know if you've had a, a lucid dream. But it, it's it's the same as if you're if you're awake, you can feel everything you ha you have control of all your senses. So I'm laying on this old, like antique table. And all of a sudden, this demon appears from from nowhere, and it's choking me to death. And um, I'm fighting this this spirit. Uh, and it, it felt real. It looked real. I've never seen anything like that ever in my life. Uh, I, don't, I know you've seen horror movies with demons in them. This is the most horrific thing I've ever seen. I mean, you, you never want to see one. So anyway, I'm fighting this spirit. It seemed like for a couple of hours. And I finally wake up and my cousin says, Jason, what were you dreaming about? And I said, you know, why didn't you try to wake me up? He said, Jason, I was throwing pillows at you. I was shaking you and you didn't move. And I didn't think anything else about it. I just thought it was, you know, a crazy nightmare. And the next day, I'm washing my car to drive back to Atlanta. And um, I noticed that I had some throat irritation, like I was coming down with the, the flu or something. And didn't think anything of it. I started driving. And about two hours later, I noticed that I had, you know, some dryness in my throat. And it felt kind of sore. So I stopped off at a McDonald's, got a milkshake. And I felt good after that. Two hours more, I felt even more soreness in my throat. And I pull off and, and get a, a Coke. And I felt OK. Well, this is a 13-hour drive from Dallas to Atlanta. So by the time I get home, I'm at my mother's house. And I go into the bathroom. And I look on the inside of my mouth. And it's all red and irritated and sore. And, and it, it was hard to swallow. So I went to the emergency room uh, the next day in excruciating pain. And uh, the doctor gave me some medication. And I was sick for about a week after that. And I started my job at LA Fitness a week later. And I'm sitting at my desk. I had a Bible on my desk. And um, this personal training director walks by my desk. And he says, oh, I, I see you have a Bible on your desk. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, do you get a chance to read it? And I said, yeah. And uh, we became friends, and some time passes, about a month I was in Atlanta, and I told him about the dream that I had in Dallas. And he said, well, Jason, uh, the devil tried to kill you. 
And I, I, I said, okay, I'm not a pastor. I'm not in any kind of like spiritual position or anything like that. I'm in sales at LA Fitness. Why would the devil try to kill me? And um, I didn't know then what the reason was, but now I, I know that what the reason is, you know, I, I'm heavily involved in uh, teaching other people about spiritual warfare. So for that reason, uh, you know, he tried to kill me before I even took that trip from Georgia to Columbia. He didn't want me to realize who it was I was going to be. So in a lot of cases, you know, we have a purpose in life. And, uh, you know, the devil will start at the beginning of your life when you're a child to try to divert your path some kind of way with some kind of abuse, some kind of trauma, unforgiveness, betrayal, some kind of hurt. Um, you can be involved in some kind of sin or be sinned against. Those are the, the usual open doors that the enemy will use in order to uh, stop someone's purpose in their life. So that's, that's the, the crux of why yeah. it is that I, I'm a spiritual life coach. And with my organization, it's a Circle of Friends Club. And with our organization, uh, we help people to overcome spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual issues and also mental health issues. So you had a, you met a girl and you had a passion for athletic training, both of which took you to Bogota. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I met my, uh, my ex-wife in Atlanta. And uh, she just happened to be there on uh, summer vacation. She had three relatives from Bogota that lived in Atlanta. And she was at the end of her vacation when I met her. So we had a long distance relationship for about four or five months and we decided to get married. Um, and I told her that I had a passion for owning my own gym and um, doing things to help people with health and fitness here in Columbia. She said, well, Jason, I think it's a wonderful idea to do that here in Colombia. I think it, it has a lot of potential. Uh, but at the time, it was not a popular decision to come here to Colombia. The only thing you could see in the news and on internet was kidnappings, bombings, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, there was nothing positive at all. Uh, now, however, you know, that situation has completely changed for foreign people. People come here, they love it, they don't even want to go back home. Uh, so it's a completely different situation now. So there was a lot of courage, one, in just going to Columbia, and two, in trying to start a business. But starting a business requires a lot of courage anyways. And yes. here you are doing it in a place that would be considered dangerous and unfriendly to you. Where, where do you think you, what influenced you and inspired you to go take that leap of faith? Well, uh, it was definitely spiritual coaching uh, and spiritual counsel from uh, the, the, the friend of mine that was the personal training director at LA Fitness. We actually went through a Bible study uh, before I came here to Columbia, and that gave me the, the faith to get on the plane to get down here. Uh, but once I actually got here, um, I had more experiences with, with angels, um, one in particular. Uh, and the thing about angels, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 13, verse two, that says that, you know, uh, you can have experiences with angels and not even be aware 
that they're angels. They, they look like regular human beings. Well, this guy, uh, his name was Kenneth. He was a friend of mine from church. And at the time, I was reading this book. I, I had gotten a job as, as an ESL English teacher at this school. And I found this book about this uh, billionaire uh, that had this, this company, and he made a promise to God that uh, if he made a tithe every time that he received uh, money from his business, uh, that you know he would remain faithful to God. And as a result of that, uh, his business became super supernaturally successful uh, in a short, uh, short period of time. So um, my friend who was the pastor, he said, Jason, you know, make God a vow. And at that time, I, I was having some financial trouble. And I said, OK, I'm going to make God a vow uh, for my financial situation. And it got much better after that. It was a, it was a gradual increase. But, um, you know, eventually I got out of the trouble that I was in. So um, my friend Kenneth, he came over to my house for lunch one day. And he was with his family, and uh, I was telling him about this book. I said, you know, I, I read this uh, interesting book, and I want to uh, let you know what the title is. And I was looking for the book. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, it's about this billionaire that made a promise to God that he would uh, give a tithe on a regular basis, and in return, God would bless his business. And I said, yeah. I, but, but, you know, I didn't tell him at that point what the book was about. And uh, there were several other instances like that where he knew what I was either thinking or what I had done in a lot of cases. So I believe that he was an angel. Um, and I found out that, you know, not only angels are responsible for protection, uh, they are actually covenant administrators. So, you know, all the promises of God, their love, protection, long life, relationships, um, financial prosperity, children. Angels are responsible for making sure that we're connected to the right people, uh, that we re receive the right resources or whatever it is to get us connected to those blessings. So, uh, you know, I had to do some study about angels uh, eventually through all the experiences that I had. I had, I had another lucid dream while I was uh, here after about uh, two years. And during that time, uh, the same friend of mine, he said, Jason, I want you to pray to God and ask him what your purpose is. And I said, okay, I'm gonna do that. So I prayed to God and I had a dream. In the dream, I'm inside of the building of my business in the future. And I see that you know it's full of exercise machines and everybody's working out. So I walked down to the first floor of the building, and this woman is um, talking, having a conversation with me, and I'm talking to her about faith. And all of a sudden, uh, I see this huge sheep walking around the, the first floor of the building, and it was completely out of place. I said, what is this sheep doing here? And it was the size of a cow. That's how large this, this thing was. And I heard a knock at the door uh, of the building, so I go to the door to answer it. And it's a friend of mine from high school. And when I open the door, he has this red light in his hand and he throws it towards me. And um, all of a sudden I see outside that the, the whole uh, outside 
was was uh, there was a storm. Trees were blowing. It was raining really hard, but the sky was blood red, completely red. And all of a sudden, I see this angel in the sky with its with its arms outstretched, and uh, his wings were were spread, and the storm stopped. The angel flies down to me, and uh, the the door was completely destroyed. And I said, um, "Could you please help me to fix this door? It's, it's completely broken." And he blows on it, and it's completely fixed. And then I wake up. But before I wake up, I said, um, "You know, thank you for 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 helping me to fix this. Uh, thank you, Raphael." And that was the end of the dream. And you know, one of the first questions I had was, "Okay, how was it that I knew what his name was?" And in the Bible, you know, only uh, the archangels Gabriel and um, Michael are mentioned. There's no mention of of Raphael anywhere. But I found out though was um, there are a, another set of books that were actually taken out of the Bible. They're called the for, forbidden books. One of the books is called Tobit. So in that particular book, Raphael is mentioned, and he's the angel that uh, gave Tobit um, some medicine to fix his, uh, I think his his nephew's leg that was that was injured. Uh, so that's the only mention that we have of Raphael. But I did some study about him, and I found out that he was a healing angel, and that he was also concerned uh, about the 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 livelihood, and also the safety of travelers. So you know, this whole study about angels is is really really interesting, and um, you know, again, they they have a lot more responsibility to us uh, outside of protection. Um, and if you can have a relationship with your angels, have conversation with them, uh, you can actually send them north, south, east, and west to uh, protect your family, to give you resources, to to give you uh, connections to things that you need for your business. Um, we have that authority. So you're in Bogota, you got married, started your business. Yes. And then you had to learn to deal with grief and loss for a while. Yeah. Well, uh, since I've been here, you know, my mother has died. Um, uh, and I had a set of grandparents in Florida that, that died. And also my mother's, uh, mother died. So, um, you know, I've had, uh, several instances of, of grief I've had, I've had to get over since I've been here. And beyond that, though, uh, right now, my father has Alzheimer's. Uh, he had dementia in the beginning, but it, it's progressed to Alzheimer's. Uh, but my mother also suffered from uh, severe depression for more than 10 years. So that's why I had this passion of, uh, about mental health uh, wellness. So you're far from home. And, and in another country and you're dealing with all these emotions, you know, what, yeah, yeah. what had prepared you just for the one trying to run a business and build a business and, uh, and you're away from home and, and where do you think you found the resilience and the grit and the perseverance to just continue on and not give up hope? 
Well, it's def definitely my faith in God. Without my faith in the Lord, um, I would have given up a long time ago. I mean, <laughs> beyond, you know, uh, losing everything at home and being away from your family and friends, um, just the day-to-day challenges that you have with uh, communication. It took me two and a half years to, to learn Spanish, first of all. And during that time, you know, you, you would be like at your family's house, like uh, the family of your, of your wife. And it's a, it's a room full of people. They're having a conversation and your, your thought is, okay, are they talking about me? <laughs> I mean, what's this conversation about? You, you can't understand what they're talking about. And it takes you, you know, at least a year to adjust to that. So, uh, you know, without my faith, I definitely would have get, given up. Now, you've worked with a lot of different folks from a lot of different athletic venues over the years. What have you learned from them that's helped you in your journey? Just, you know, of the the combination of mental discipline and grit and athletic discipline and the folks you worked with are the lessons you've learned from that experience. Well, I think the biggest thing for me is overcoming uh, fear to uh, do public speaking. That was my biggest fear in college. Um, I graduated from Morehouse College. And um, while I was there, I'll never forget, man, I had this, this biology class and I had to give a presentation that was about 30 minutes long. And, you know, if you have a fear of public speaking, you know, you sweat, your palms get sweaty and it, it's a horrible experience. Um, so that was my biggest fear. But talking to people like uh, Marcus Ogden, he's a speaker. Uh, he played for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, he didn't start out as a public speaker. He did that in, in transition after his sport. So having co conversation with him, watching what he does in social media every day, um, it, it inspires me a lot uh, in the area of public speaking. So last year, I did, I did a podcast myself with uh, James Hagler. He was son of the boxer, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Um, we did that podcast for a whole season. We did more than 50-something episodes. And all of those episodes were about overcoming uh, challenges um, to accomplish your dreams in life and also to overcome fear and mental health issues as well. So um, that, that's helped me tremendously as well. So when did you start to broaden that focus from what originally was taking you there to focus on athletic training to mental health? And, and how have you found you know, the connection between mental health and physical well-being. Um, what's that discovery been like? Oh, man, uh, it's been really, really enriching and um, really uh, interesting as well. Um, so I arrived here in Columbia in 2003. And the first thing I thought was, okay, I'm going to teach English. I love English in school, and that was always my best subject. So I said, I'm going to do that. And uh, the funny thing was, was that everything, everybody that I met, they wanted me to teach them English. So it just started out as conversation classes in the beginning, and it just progressed from there. Um, but after three years of doing this, I was in a class with a student, and she said, Jason, I think you need to do something to help people more in the area of relationships. And uh, this was 2006. So at that time, the movie Hitch was out. 
um, in a particular scene in a Chinese restaurant, they had a speed dating event. And I said, you know what? That would be interesting here in Colombia for busy pr professionals um, so that they can meet outside of their work, make friends, and um, possibly, I don't know, have a future husband or wife. Or a wife. So I said, I'm going to do that. So I started that business in 2010. And um, I actually sold it in 2015. But during that five-year period, a lot of the people, uh, they came to me. Some of them wanted to have uh, either marriage counseling uh, or not, not counseling, but um, like a, um, a matchmaker in order to meet a, a future husband or a wife. And then other people just wanted to have a circle of friends. So I said, you know, for the people that just want to have friends, I can create another company specifically for that. So that's how Circle of Friends uh, became in existence. Um, but, you know, talking to hundreds of people uh, over that five-year period, um, some of them needed some spiritual counseling because some of them had, you know, horrible pre-existing relationships. They wanted to get married, but they had a lot of unforgiveness towards their ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend and couldn't get over those things that happened in their relationships. So uh, that's how I became a spiritual life coach, um, wanting to give those people counsel on their way to a serious relationship. So talk about Circle of Friends. I think uh, looking at the website, that was a community of people anywhere around the world focused on mental health and helping each other. Yes. Uh, with Circle of Friends Club, uh, my plan uh, next year is to start doing live events, but also uh, events online where people can expand their circle of friends, where uh, we can have coaches give talks on mental health and other uh, areas of concern for people. Um, it'll be a place where athletes and entertainers can meet each other and create uh, business deals. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, but right now I'm building my community. So I'm in the process of finding um, coaches, athletes, um, musicians, uh, consultants, uh, every, everybody that's around health and fitness and wellness. I want those people in my community uh, so we, we can have eventually an expo a wellness expo next year. And I think that the chosen location for me uh, in the beginning will be Atlanta. I would love to do something there. So you're focused on a lot of those pillars of, of total. Well, people I've had a lot of people on here over the last three years that talk about the key, key components of, you know, mm. sleep, fitness, spirituality, um, you know, uh, these are all components of resilience. How have you, um, discovered that in your work using the athletic training side and the mental wellness side, uh, and the spiritual coach side, how have you found a way to weave those together that resonates with people? Hmm. I think, um, you know, through social media, you know, I'm able to post things uh, not only for mental wellness, but also for uh, fitness. Uh, you know, I had more than 10 years in the fitness industry. So I do uh, post on uh, diet, exercise, and also spiritual wellness. 
for people. And, you know, it's interesting content. I'm now getting more engagement on my posts, which is awesome. Uh, yesterday, for instance, on LinkedIn, I had a, 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 a post that had 26 comments on it. We had a, a nice discussion about uh, the incident in Uvade, Texas. And, and the number one question was, okay, why is it that somebody would, first of all, kill the grandmother and then go to the school and kill 19 kids and two adults? How is it that somebody can do something like that? Well, from my point of view, you know, it's a spiritual problem. It's not a mental health issue. Uh, it's actually something demonic. <laughs> And what we actually witnessed was a manifestation of, of demonic activity. You know, what, what uh, demons want to do is uh, they want to actually change your mindset to the point where um, you have no, no self-worth. You think that you have absolutely nothing to contribute to hum humanity to the point where you want to commit suicide. And I think that this, this guy was on a, a path of, of actually suicide, too. Um, but, you know, in order to distinguish whether or not someone is demonically possessed or influenced, um, first of all, we need to take a look at what they went through in their childhood. With this guy, he, of course, he was bullied at school, but the real problem started at home uh, with his mother. And, you know, later he had problems with his grandmother, too which he actually posted on social media. He posted these things on Facebook and Instagram. Nobody said anything. Uh, so, you know, that part is amazing. And the other part, uh, he buys an, uh, uh, an automatic rifle for his 18th birthday and finds all of this ammunition. And, you know, nobody said anything about that either. So I think that, you know, at, at some stage of a person's life, you have to have contact with, with these kids in, in the home to pre, uh, prevent situations like that. And beyond that, um, make sure that these kids have some sense of spirituality and God in their lives, because without it, you know, there's all kinds of cases of anxiety and depression in young kids from 10 years old to 18 years old. I mean, that didn't exist 20, 30 years ago. So, you know, taking God out of the school, um, having no spirituality at home, it, it's a combination of, of a lot of things that are affecting young kids today. How much has that impacted the folks you work with, both from a physical training aspect and a life coach aspect that social media and technology have become big distractors from being healthy? Well, I think, you know, the biggest problem is that, you know, we, we have no physical contact with people anymore. Um, on one hand, it's a great to expand your circle of friends and meet people. But then on the other hand, it actually isolates people. So that through that isolation, you know, uh, that's where you get the anxiety and, and the depression and other mental health issues. So um, it's affected today's society a, a lot. And, and the quality of the content that you're taking in uh, has a big factor in people's lives as well. What kind of content are you taking in every day on YouTube, on Facebook and Instagram? Is it positive? Is it adding value to your life? Or is it something that that's creating chaos 
and and all kinds of other issues. Um, so we have to take a look, a close look at that. And with children, you know, we have to be really, really careful about the content that they're taking in. My wife and I, we're, we're really, really vigilant on the kinds of content that my son watches on YouTube and on TV as well. Um, and, uh, you know, these parents that spend, you know, 12 to 16 hours a day at, at, at their job or working from home in their business. Uh, in the last podcast, I said, I said that, you know, really what we need to do with these children is schedule some time uh, to have a face-to-face -face conversation and figure out what's going on in school. Are they going through any type of bullying situations? Do they have healthy relationships with their friends? We need to find this out. Um, not only with our children, but with our, our loved ones, with our wives and our, our husbands. There's no quality conversation in our relationships anymore. So we, we need to do something about that as well. Now, what's this like in Colombia? Is it the same challenges we have here or is it better controlled there? Is there less reliance on the technology there and more just being outside or do you find it to be just the same? You know what, man, it's exactly the same. The only difference is we get technology here a lot slower than in the States. So uh, for instance, the, the iPhone five will come out and six months later, it'll be available here in Colombia. So that that's the difference here. But everything else is is pretty similar, man. Um, all of my my students right now, um, they work for international companies and, you know, um, they're privy to everything that that goes on in the States. As, as a matter of fact, they love anything from the United States here. Um, so they they love Americans here. They love anything cultural that that comes from the States. So what have you, uh, what have you learned on this entrepreneurial and coaching journey? Um, you know, you've started multiple businesses, you've gone to another country, you've, you've met lots of people through a lot of different venues. What have you learned? If you go back and start that all over, you would do the same or do different. No, I would do exactly the same. You know, my goal before I even came here, uh, first of all, I wanted to be bilingual. Uh, that was the biggest thing. And then, uh, of course, I wanted to be married and I wanted to give my son or my daughter uh, an advantage that I didn't have. And that was being bilingual. I, you know, bilingual children, they have um, such an advantage over everybody else and it creates so much more opportunity uh, in the future. So, um, yeah, if I had it to do all over again, I would definitely walk the same path. It's been difficult. It hasn't been easy uh, to leave your home. I mean, who does that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Leave their, their family and their friends and go to some place you don't know, you don't know anything about. Uh, it, so, it, you know, I'm kind of like Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been great, though, Randy. It, it's been a wonderful experience for me. It really has. And now the goal is to bring circle of friends and move it back to Atlanta. That's the idea. I'm even considering uh, relocating back to Atlanta because all the things I want to do now, I need to be in the States. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to have a community of uh, English speaking people, but also Spanish speaking people. And will you go back into the fitness industry back here too? Is that a component of it or 
is it just purely coaching now? Yeah, I would like to have a facility uh, for training athletes uh, to give athletes an opportunity to uh, have access to coaches, uh, to agents and other people that, that can help them uh, with their professional uh, athletic careers. So that's that's part of my passion, too. I, I love sports. I've, al I've always been involved in sports um, with basketball, with uh, football. Uh, I ran track and field when I was in high school. So uh, to help athletes is a, is a big passion of mine. What kind of mental health challenges do you run across when you're working with athletes? You know, uh, spirituality and depression uh, challenges in that arena. There seems to be a lot more in the news lately, particularly of high-performing college athletes having a lot of despair, which you wouldn't expect for high performers. Yes. I, well, I think, um, you know, a big part of that is technology. Again, it, it isolates people. Um, you know, it puts a, lot, a tremendous amount of pressure on people to perform at their best. Um, and again, man, it, it's a lack of spirituality, too. Uh, which makes you more susceptible to attacks in your, in your mental health. Uh, I think that the closer you are to God, you know, the more uh, healthy your, your mental state is. Um, so your spiritual life is, is really, really important. And I try to help people uh, have more contact with God. You know, you can have a regular conversation with God, just like we're having right now. Um, you can be friends with him, tell him everything that's going on. Uh, but with these athletes, they don't have anybody to talk to. So that, that's what causes a lot of these uh, issues with depression and, and anxiety. And do you find they're receptive to weaving that into the conversation that it's not just athletic training, it's, it's really mental and spiritual wellness ties into that as well? Well, I, I have a gift and that gift is, is, you know, making people feel comfortable to, to the point where they tell me their whole life story. You know, I, I don't even uh, ask them to tell me stuff. They just volunteer. And, um, you know, that's, that's uh, a gift that I've, I've always had, even as a kid, people just tell me their whole life story. And at the beginning, I didn't know why I, I, I would be like, okay, why is he telling me this? <laughs> what, what is he expect? What does he expect me to say to, to what he's telling me? Um, but now I can give some, some, some sound spiritual advice, which uh, helps people tremendously. Are there other components you've found that you weave into uh, wellness uh, thing, you know, besides, um, you know, just what we've talked about, uh, you know, nutrition, meditation, yoga, how do those things play into uh, wellness? Those are things I hear a lot of in, you know, from different resilient speakers. Well, the thing about yoga, uh, you know, um, I don't know if there's any yoga instructors here in the room. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody, but, um, you know, the deeper that you get into yoga, depending on what kind of yoga it is, uh, you know, yoga from India, uh, some of that is is getting into the demonic area where you know you're tapping into uh demonic spirits through those actual poses that they do 
So the deeper that you get into it, I think that, you know, it can be dangerous for your mental health. And, and as a matter of fact, those, uh, a lot of those yoga instructors that you see on Instagram, they talk about uh, depression issues, anxiety issues. So a lot of that comes, I, I believe, from, uh, you know, delving deep into that, that practice. So you have people be cautious about what they engage in then. Exactly. Right. Right. Okay. And I think it's the same with meditation too. Uh, the Bible says that, okay, meditate on the word day and night. Well, what are you meditating on exactly? Um, is it something that's going to lead you away from God or is it something that's going to bring you closer to him? Um, so you have to be careful about what it is that you're meditating on. Is that going to um, enrich your spiritual life or not? Well, you've had a really interesting journey, a lot of courage to head off to another country and start businesses and start a life and, and find a way to impact people. It's uh, pretty amazing what you've been able to do. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I owe it all to the Lord. You know, without him, I wouldn't have been able to do anything uh, that I've been able to do here in this country. Um, so it's all been a matter of faith for me and without the word of God, there's no faith. <laughs> I don't know how, how people say that they have faith without God's help. Uh, I don't know how you find purpose without God's help. God is the person that created you in the first place. So, um, you know, I don't understand how people go to these courses that have 12 steps to find your purpose. I don't know. <laughs> what is that exactly? I mean, go to God in prayer and ask him, okay, what is my purpose? He'll show it to you. He showed it to me in a dream. And he speaks to us in dream, uh, dreams a lot. He'll, he'll give you insight. He'll give you ideas and concepts, actions to follow. Um, the, the area of dreams, uh, you know, I got into that on my last podcast. You, you saw that. Um, so I help people to interpret spiritual dreams, which is really, really interesting. And so it sounds like Columbia is good for us to visit <laughs> better than advertised. <laughs> yeah. Better than a lot better than advertised. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's, it's, you know, um, like I said, Colombians love American people. It's a wonderful place to visit. Um, you can go. Uh, either direction uh, in this country, you can find different four different kinds of climate, um, wonderful landscapes, wonderful beaches here. Uh, the people are nice, um, all kinds of different cultures and, and foods and uh, place to, places to see. You may even want to retire here one day. That, that's how nice it is. Well, yeah. Beaches and mountains and everything. <laughs> everything here, man. Yeah. It's a beautiful country. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So a lot of uh, American people, they move, uh, for an example, to Santa Marta, which, which is on the coast of Colombia or Cartagena. Uh, you find a lot of Americans there too. So where do people find circle of friends? So the website is circle of friends club.com okay. and, um, on Facebook and, um, well, actually on Instagram, it's circle of friends club. On uh, Facebook, it's Circle of Friends Club US. And um, you can find me also on LinkedIn. 
uh, on LinkedIn, my handle is JW the healer. Okay. Yeah. My, my largest network is there. I've got almost like 28,000 people there okay. on LinkedIn. Well, cool. We'll look forward to seeing you continue to grow circle of friends and thank you. See you get an event put together in Atlanta. I appreciate it, man. I would love to have you. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you when you get back here. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Jason. And good to see everyone. Have an awesome weekend. And we will see you all have a, it's a long weekend this weekend. So, uh, right. Great holiday, uh, long weekend and, uh, Memorial day. So an opportunity to think about those that sacrificed for the, the freedoms and the opportunities we enjoy here. So don't forget what really Monday is about. It's a, it's a deep meaning, day that's much more than just uh, hot dogs and going to the lake it's, uh, it's <laughs> something that means a lot so try and take time and reflect on that monday about how important that is and what that means to us we will uh see you all again in june great right. thanks for having me again thanks everyone bye bye-bye I hope you enjoyed learning more about Jason's journey and are inspired to focus on your own mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, too. You can learn more about Jason's work at circleoffriendsclub.com. Now let's get out there and be courageous, be strong, never give up. I'll see you soon.